Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Good to be together as we come worship our Lord this Thanksgiving weekend uh, and this first Sunday in Advent and the last Sunday of our Philippian study that we've been going through. Advent's a time where we reflect on God's plan of sending a Savior to the earth and uh, we anticipate his, or the celebration of his first coming and also look ahead to his second coming. And so I have a question for you today here um, as, as you are waiting then for his second coming. Would you prefer being full or going hungry? I venture to say that all of us would prefer a full stomach, although after our Thanksgiving turkey and stuffing and so on, maybe going hungry for a meal or two wouldn't hurt any of us. Um, but would you be content to be hungry for days? Well, in the verses that we're looking at at the end of Philippians here today, Paul says that he has learned the secret of being filled and going hungry. That is, he's learned to be content in whatever circumstances he's in. And so we're going to look at his words here today and consider his situation as he writes this. And I trust that what he says here in Philippians 4 then can help us also to learn contentment and trust in God's provision in our lives as well. I invite you to look with me then at the, that last chapter of Philippians. And if you're using your... Uh, Philippians Journal, we're on page 18 in there, and invite you to stand in reverence to God's word as we read. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 10, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more, and I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To, God and to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this book and, and the time that we've spent as we've uh, reviewed this letter that Paul wrote to the church at, at Philippi. And, and Lord, we pray now as we meditate on this, um, Paul's testimony of, of your provision in his life. 
Uh, may it encourage us to trust you in this area as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a bit of a personal touch at the end of uh, most all of Paul's um, letters to the congregations, and, and that's certainly true regarding this letter to the congregation there at Philippi. And as we look into this text there, uh, a great deal of it really is just Paul's personal testimony of God's provision for him as he sought to carry out the ministry uh, of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of you were able to be here last Wednesday night, and, and several of our folks from Maranatha shared testimonies of, of thanks for God's work and provision in their lives. And, and we do have some fascinating life stories uh, of folks here that are part of this fellowship. And if you weren't able to be here on Wednesday night, you, you might consider looking it up online um, on, on our Maranatha website, and you click into YouTube videos, and, and you find that Thanksgiving Eve service, and uh, you you'd find it interesting who got up and shared. And, and uh, if you have time to listen, you'll be blessed by their testimonies. Uh, a personal testimony contains I statements uh, relating them to one's personal experience. And, and as we look then here in, in verses 10 through 18, the Apostle Paul shares some of his testimony. And so I see there several I statements. I rejoiced, I've learned, I can do, I seek, I've received in full. I am well supplied. And we can learn from Paul's experience with God and some things that can help us in our Christian lives as well. And, and so that will be the second part of what I share today. But first, let's look then at Paul's testimony of knowing God's provision in his life. He says there in verse 10, I rejoiced that you have revived your concern for me. Now, who of us doesn't like to know that there's somebody that's concerned for us, especially if we're going through times of trial or testing? Well, Paul wasn't exempt from such feelings, and he had felt the heart concern of the Philippians for him as he had continued his ministry in other locations. Uh, and, and they had apparently early on, um, after he left Philippi, they had sent a monetary gift um, to help to meet his needs as he ministered the gospel elsewhere. And there had perhaps uh, now been a gap in the communication with them, and he hadn't heard from them in a while. And now here he was, imprisoned again, and probably feeling alone and forgotten. And then Epaphroditus had come, bringing a gift again from them. And it was so good to hear from them, um, to hear the Philippians congregation's ongoing concern for him. And not only was that financial gift appreciated, but also knowing that they still cared, and that they were likely still praying for him, it just warmed his heart. It filled him with joy. Paul next makes a statement here that sums up, though, his perspective, whether people were monetarily supporting his mission work or not. And he says here, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. Verse 12, I know how to get along with little, or I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both having abundance and suffering need. Contentment is something that is learned. It's not automatic. It's not human nature. And yet Paul says here he has learned this secret of contentment. He calls it a secret, or at least in, in the English translation we have here, it, it implies that, then, that it's something that he has found um, and not everybody has. And 
So then how in the world did he learn this secret? And for that matter, how might we learn it? Well, there's something I think we miss here. In, in most of the English translations in verse 12 here, it says, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry. The original language, the verb translated here, I have learned the secret of, more literally might say this. I have been initiated to. That's kind of fascinating. What, what does it mean to be initiated? Well, first thought comes to my mind might be what comes to some of yours as well. When I was in college, there were some fraternities and sororities just down the street from where I lived, and uh, they would um, have some initiation experiences that they would put freshmen to in order to be able to join their group, their sorority or fraternity. And, and most of those things they had them do were foolish, embarrassing things uh, that, re that were required really for no good purpose. However, in the military, recruits are also initiated at boot camp and beyond in various um, tests of their physical stamina. And passing those initiations is required in order to determine if the recruit can handle the rigors of military life, especially when they would get on the battlefield. Besides push-ups and sit-ups and chin-ups and lots of them and, and uh, things like 12-mile marches with a heavy pack on their back, there would also be days uh, of food and sleep deprivation where they would learn how to live on less than normal sustenance. All part of the training, the initiation in, in military life in order to be battle ready. Well, Paul is saying here that his commander, the, the Lord, has put him through some initiation experiences where, where he's had times of shortage. Times where he had to get along with just whatever he had with no help from the outside. And then there were other times where he was given from other people very generously. And he's learned to be okay then with either situation. He, he learned it over time. He learned it through experience as he ultimately then was learning to trust God for his provision. And so he says here then, I know how to get along with little, even going hungry. I know how to live in prosperity, being filled to overflowing. For us too, sometimes God provides very generously and extra, even ahead of the need, so much so that we just stand in awe of, how, of what we've been given. And then there are the other times where we're left waiting and wondering, how is he going to provide for me, even the bare essentials? In the Old Testament, after God led the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, he initiated them at the Red Sea, and out in the wilderness. He allowed them to go through um, crisis and to experience lack in order to learn to look to him and to trust him for their provision. Psalm um, 51, uh, verse 7, talks about that, and, and there God says, I tested you at Meribah, for instance. Has the Lord tested you? Has, has he initiated you in some ways even in this last year? allowed maybe some difficult circumstances in your life for reasons you don't necess um, necessarily understand. It's in those times of shortage in our own supply where we have to then more fully learn to trust in his supply. And I'm no prophet, but I am expecting that there will be some times of, of shortage in, in our country in various ways. 
And those may be times then also of initiation of the Christian church as we learn to trust God in the midst of some shortage. Well, as Paul speaks of that in his own life, he says something else here that he has learned in verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, next to John 3.16 and maybe a couple other verses, this is one of the most familiar, most often quoted verses of the New Testament. And we hear, for instance, pro athletes or Hollywood actors quote it and sometimes misquote it. Maybe you and I have done the same, sometimes taking it as a promise to us from God. Well, here in context in Philippians 4, it's part of the Apostle Paul's testimony. And he is saying, in light of what he has learned about contentment, that, that he can endure anything that God brings along in his life, he can accept whatever initiation the Lord has for him, no matter what it is, he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. All things, and no limits is Paul going to place on which things. And that is because, you see, he serves a God who has no limits to the strength that he's able to give to the one that he's initiating. I can do all things through the one that's empowering me. Vincent says it this way, the, the one infusing strength into me. I, I like that because I, I guess we, we've learned something, for instance, about infusions even in this last year. If you come down with COVID-19 and, and you feel your body weakening and you're considered by a doctor to be at risk, he or she might be able to give you then an infusion um, intravenously giving you monoclonal antibodies. And, and that could be then a tremendous boost to your immune system so that you can fight off and weather the disease. Paul is saying here that he has found that in the midst of his trials that God has caused or allowed in his life, he has found that he's been able to endure those things and even grow stronger in his faith because God has infused strength into him. Paul's body would still have to endure some physical suffering, even torture. And his mind would have to endure some real strain as well. But, but God strengthened him in the midst of each trial, so much so that he gained confidence that he could do whatever he had to through the Lord Jesus who strengthened him. And a further part of Paul's testimony as he rejoices in Philippians' concern for him is, and, and that subsequent gift then that was sent through Epaphroditus is that there's something that excites him even more than the actual gift that they sent, and even more than the encouragement of knowing that they still care. Paul is aware that when someone gives to meet a need, the giver also receives a blessing. And Paul references that as he says here in verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I seek the profit, which increases to your account. Paul is expressing great thanks to the Philippians for giving monetarily to his ministry, even when no other congregation did so. But it's kind of interesting here, the terminology that he uses in verses 14 to 17 there is commonly understood in the, in the business world. Verse 15, no church shared with me in the matter, or you might say, as to the account of giving and receiving, except you alone. Giving and receiving, those were common words used to reference credits and debits in an account. And Paul is saying here then that when the Philippians give to partner with him in spreading the gospel, then something gets credited back to their account. 
Now, I know that's sounding a bit like some TV preachers who live in luxury at others' expense by promising the giver that God's going to bless them monetarily if they give to his program. But it's not what Paul is saying or doing here. He's already told them that he is content to live with humble means. But at the same time, he recognizes that it's good for people to give to the Lord's work. There's blessing for the giver as well as for the receiver. Giving financially invests hearts into ministry and gives the giver then a partnership in the ministry of the gospel. I remember clearly Pastor Amos Dyrud. He was up in years as he was teaching missions at our Bible school when I was there and then later at seminary. And he had this deep radio voice lower than Todd Rasmussen's. And, and, and his three words that he summed up the work of, the, of Christian missions was, was this. Go, give, and pray. <laughs> I don't dare try it again. I won't. <laughs> but you catch it. Those words just rung in my, in my mind. I never forgot them. That's what the mission of the church is all about. Going, giving, and praying. And, and Paul was, was, was called to go with the gospel. But others could join the Lord's work by giving and praying. And Paul, the receiver of this gift, has learned contentment with little or with much. But, but there's something for the giver to learn as well in this joint venture. And part of what needs to be learned is in, to not hang on so tightly to our material possessions. To not live as if they are the whole picture because there's so much a bigger picture than the treasures of this earth. There are the destinies of eternal souls at stake all around us. And together we can help to reach some of them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, which promises forgiveness of all of their sins and eternal life in heaven for them someday. One person's need is another's opportunity. And the Lord uses then the resources of the one in order to meet the needs of the other. And he does this not by forcing it, but by moving people's hearts to give. And so don't overlook the opportunity you have to be part of the Lord's work through your giving. In the Old Testament book of Malachi, God even says to test him in this area by bringing the whole tithe into the storehouse. And then he says here, see if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you till it overflows. Paul, too, was saying there's real blessing to be had in learning to give. Testimony continues here in verse 18. He says, I've received in full and I have an abundance. And, and again, he's saying then thanks for the gift from the Philippians and saying he's not currently in need, but he's amply supplied. He, he's filled to the brim. And he describes the gift that he's received here as a gift that was given to the Lord, to whom it is a fragrant aroma and acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And as Paul's testimony here ends, by saying that I am amply supplied, he goes on to say that this same God who has supplied all my needs, and some of them through you, Philippians, he'll supply all of your needs too. So I want to end with, with four thoughts here about our learning then to trust in God's provision. Paul's saying to the Philippian Christians and to us, my God will supply all of your needs. Whatever your need today, God can supply it. He's not limited like we are. Inflation can't drain God's resources. As he supplies abundantly so that crops grow and produce a harvest, 
so also he is able to supply in every other way all of our needs. And I think it's good for us to remember he's speaking about needs here, not wants. In this age of entitlement mentality, we, we kind of get them confused sometimes. But every bodily and spiritually need, spiritual need that you have, God's able to supply in one way or another. And Paul is saying here, not only is he able, but he will. And so just as Paul's testimony back in verse 13 was, I can do all things through him who gives me strength, so God will strengthen you in your trials and your initiations as well. A couple more things to note here. Look at verse 19 to 20 here about God's provision. And there we see this, that God's provision is centered in Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Just as God's riches in general are unlimited, and for instance, he paves the streets with gold in heaven, so the riches of his love for us in Christ are unlimited. And out of love for us, Jesus Christ was willing to come to this earth as a human baby, willing to go to the cross, to suffer and die there, in order that there would be no limit to the sins for which he could bring forgiveness. And so no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've done it, the riches of his love for you will cover that sin if you will, in repentance, confess it to him. And so Paul concludes with this benediction here. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever for his great gifts to us in Jesus Christ. May God be glorified in our lives here on earth as well, even as we go through some times of trials that seem so hard to bear. For part of God's plan is to use those trials, those tests in our lives to initiate us and to strengthen our faith and to prepare us for glory in heaven someday. Just one more thing I want you to notice here in the last couple of verses as we bring this study of Philippians to a close. Notice in verse 22 and 20, or 21 and 22. Part of God's provision for us is Christian fellowship. Part of God supplying your needs as a Christian is to connect you with the fellowship of believers. The, the Philippians, for instance, were, were part of God's plan to meet Paul's needs, physically but also spiritual needs. Even as he was ministering God's word to them, they were a blessing to him. They became his brothers and sisters in Christ because they were in Christ. He also calls them here saints, saints in Christ Jesus, because they were people whom God looked to then as perfect through the blood of Christ. And he says in verse 21 and 22, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. Now, that's kind of fascinating to recognize here. But as Paul was in prison, there were those who were part of Caesar's household, likely servants in his household, who had come to faith in Jesus Christ. They were part, then, of the fellowship of believers. They were sending greetings back um, to Christians at Philippi. Verse 23 then ends with this. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. May that same grace of the Lord Jesus fill each of our hearts with peace and joy in the midst of whatever trials and tribulations and initiations we're going through. As we go through this Advent season together, may that be our focus. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord God, for your word to us today. And as we've 
meditated on Philippians here in the last uh, weeks and months. Lord, uh, thank you for the life of Paul and, and for his willingness to share from his heart um, and his own testimony, his own experience, Lord, and, and how you worked within him to give him a willingness to be bold in sharing his faith no matter what and to recognize that you were sovereign in his life and that you used all kinds of circumstances um, to advance your kingdom's work and to, to do work in his heart and life as well. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us, whatever we're going through, to, to recognize that some of those challenges in our life, uh, those initiations are, are part of your plan, your sovereign plan to help us grow and, and learn to trust you more. And, and we do thank you for that. And, we do ask that you'd help us then, Lord, that we would also learn the lessons that Paul talks of here and, and recognize that there's a blessing in giving um, to your work and, and to others in need. And, and so, Lord, may you guide us in that as we work together in your kingdom's work here on this earth. And, and Lord, if there be somebody here today who does not know you, we, we pray that you would help them to grasp the supernatural work of you've done in Paul's life and you can do in each of ours and, and uh, Lord as they look around and know others who, who will walk in a relationship with you who have peace and joy in their hearts uh, I, I pray that you would lead them to find that peace and joy and forgiveness in Jesus Christ as well Amen <laughs>